Thank you for tuning in to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. We're a church in Lakewood, Washington, and whether you're listening from around the corner or from around the world, we're glad that you're here. We hope this sermon equips you to be the Christian the world needs today. If you'd like to learn more about us, head on over to lakewoodgrace.com. And now, for this week's sermon. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us today. We begin a new sermon series on 1 Peter now. And, you know, I had an intro kind of lined up today, but God's timing is often quite ironic. I had a friend who approached me this morning. It's an older gentleman that I see uh, occasionally as I'm kind of out and about. And this older gentleman came up to me and he said, Brad, what do you say to somebody who comes into your office who feels completely hopeless? And I got the sense that he was kind of asking for a friend. And I, I said to him, look, have I got a sermon for you? Because as we start with 1 Peter, we touch on this. Um, we recognize that life is hard. That's the context here that 1 Peter begins with. Why all of this and why now, God? Maybe you've wondered, why couldn't I have lived in a more peaceful time? And as I was wondering that question too, I did my homework. And I'm not sure there ever was a more peaceful time. After Genesis 3, life has always been not the way God had intended it to be. Life has always kind of been terrible after Genesis 3. And no matter how much we progress, quote unquote, we still struggle with sin and our basic human nature. Well, the good news is for us is that we have a Savior who has rescued us from sin and death, and his name is Jesus. But until Jesus comes again, bringing with him a new heaven and a new earth, before we get our resurrected bodies, before evil and all of Satan's forces are banished once and for all, here we are. And as long as we're here, Living in a post-Genesis 3 world, life will always sting. It'll have its ups and downs, sure, but it's always going to have its fair share of suffering until Christ returns. So we begin our sermon series today on, on 1 Peter, and, and, and what a most appropriate letter for us to be reading right now. Because when Peter wrote uh, this letter to the Christians scattered around what is now Turkey, life was fraught with conflict. Nero made Christians public enemy number one, and it was illegal to be a Christian. It was illegal to meet uh, with your fellow Christians in a church setting. All matters of life, taxes were through the roof. Outside of the church, there was no relief for the poor or the sick. Deep cultural divides separated people, and people were expendable, and the life expectancy was terribly low. And to sum up the context of First and Second Peter, Life stinks, but here we are. But here's the thing. We don't end with life stinks and here we are. We're Christians. We're people of hope. We're Easter people. And of course, life stinks. It has since the fall, but it won't stay that way. And in the meantime, Listen and be encouraged by the opening of Peter's first letter. And if you are struggling with hopelessness, listen. This is for you. 
Now, our sermon today, we're going to run through this. This intro is packed. It is incredibly dense. Uh, and I mean that in the good way. There's just so much in there. So I, I invite you uh, to grab your Bible and read along. First Peter, it's in the New Testament. Scroll around, you'll find it. But this sermon is going to make a heck of a lot more sense if you follow along. Okay, so hear now the word of the Lord to you and to me. I'm going to be reading 1 Peter 1, 1 through 5. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be re re revealed in the last time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Follow along with me now in your Bible. In your Bible. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now here's a redemption story right here. Peter, a fisherman who denied Jesus, was redeemed, was restored, and then was sent by Jesus. That, Peter, is proof that screw-ups can have a future. Peter, an apostle, writes this, to God's elect. Now when we talk about election, we're talking about people who have been chosen to be a blessing. In Genesis 12, there's a story of a man named Abram who became Abraham. And here's what God told him after he chose him, and I, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You are chosen for a blessing. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter, who screwed up, but God restored. Peter, that guy, is writing to God's elect people chosen to be a blessing. So friends, you are chosen to be a blessing. To you, the exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, exiles. That's who he's writing to. Now, if we look at this word in the Greek, it, it reads something like this, a resident, a, a, a resident foreigner, as in you're here now, but you're just passing through, as in this world isn't your final destination. You are citizens of someplace else. And Paul writes that in, in, in Philippians 3.20. Our citizenship is in heaven. You are chosen to be a blessing. You are passing through here. Your destiny is great. To you, the exiles scattered. This is huge now. The implication here is, 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 is groundbreaking. You've chosen folks who are just passing through. You have been scattered. You've been sent into exile. Let's sit on that for a moment. You've been sent 
out. If God wanted you all huddled together, if, all, if God wanted us all huddled together waiting for this terrible world to just pass us by, God would have kept us huddled together. He would have kept the early church that Peter is addressing huddled together, but he didn't. They were scattered. We are scattered about to be a blessing. Who's scattered? God's elect, us, who have been, follow along, chosen. Now, nothing happens here by chance, you see. God is sovereign, remember, and how do we know this? Because it is according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. So you have been chosen. You have been sent to be a blessing in a dark place during a dark time according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. None of this is catching God by surprise here. God knew about the racism, about the pandemic, about the social unrest in America in 2020. God knew about Lakewood and Tacoma and Stellicum and University Place and, and Furcrest and DuPont and Lacey, and he put you right where you are at such a time as this because out of all the people throughout all of time, out of all the people throughout all of history, God believes you are the best person to be a blessing right here, right now. Now, at this point, you probably heard that. You probably have never thought of it like that way before, maybe, and, and that thought kind of scares you. And, and you may be thinking, me? Me? You? I can give you a million reasons why I'm not meant to be here, why I'm not part of the solution, why I possibly can't be meant for here and now. Me? But God, I, I can't do this. The divides that we see, the pandemic, the social unrest, all of these things, this is these are far greater challenges than I alone am, am capable of tackling. And, and yes, we are right in saying that. So how is this even remotely possible? How in the world does Peter say something this groundbreaking to the church who is struggling with, with what's going on around them, who are struggling to be lights in dark places? I can't do this, God. And we're right on that. But here it is in your word. How is any of this even remotely possible? Of course, you alone, I alone can't do this. But listen, but through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, we're able to do something. Are you alone strong enough to be a light in a dark time, in this dark place? Of course not. You can't do this according to your own power, according to your own abilities. You see, first, if we're going to do anything, there's got to be a transformation, a renewal. Now, you don't join the army and then the next day you find yourself in battle. You join the army and you learn and you become a soldier. And then when you're ready, you're placed where you are going to be most effective, you see. Now, the same is true with Christians. We submit to Jesus and then the Holy Spirit begins its work in us. And then we spend a lifetime becoming more and more like Jesus in every situation, every sorrow, every heartbreak, every setback, every pandemic, 
is a means of God sanctifying his work in us, is a means of God sanctifying us. Nothing is wasted, you see. So can we do this on our own? There's not a chance in the world we can do this on our own, but through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, God is always at work in us, equipping us, sustaining us, guiding us, changing us. And here's the thing about the sanctifying work of the Spirit. We are sanctified. It means we are becoming holy. Here's, why, here's what we're becoming holy to. It's to be obedient to Jesus Christ. The Spirit works in us to be obedient to Jesus Christ. And when we surrender to the Spirit's work, when we are obedient to Jesus Christ, God will use us. He will use His church for His glory and for the healing of the, of the world, for, for, for the world to receive God's blessing, right? God uses people. So friends, our, our world, as messed up as it is right now, Our world does not need more activists. It doesn't need louder people. It doesn't need more protests. It doesn't need snappier tweets and more Facebook posts about what is wrong with the world as you see it right now. It doesn't need you to be more woke or more politically correct or more sensitive. Listen, what this world needs are people who have surrendered to and who are obedient to Jesus Christ. People who don't conform to this world, but instead are being transformed by the renewing of their minds. This world needs sanctified, spirit-infused, transformed, obedient disciples of Jesus Christ who are ready to bless in exile to you. And this is either crazy talk from Peter or it's truth with a capital T. Grace and peace are yours in abundance. Did you, did you read that? Did you hear that? Chosen, scattered throughout a messed up world, a pandemic, racial unrest, and you, chosen by God to be right where you are. You, who are being sanctified through the work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ in a dark world, and you're sprinkled with his blood, writes Peter. That means we're forgiven, right? To you, grace and peace are yours in abundance. Who else? Who else can claim that right now? What is the source of this peace? How can we possibly be abounding in peace during a pandemic and national unrest? Listen, Verses three through five here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us several things. He has given us a new birth into a living hope. A living hope. This is not a metaphor. This living hope comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter is saying, look, Easter matters. Easter matters not just after you die, but right now, right where you are. The resurrection of Jesus Christ isn't just for our salvation after we die. The resurrection of Jesus Christ has implications right now. 
Because Jesus rose from the dead, you can have hope right now. And you know, if you've ever spent time around a hope-filled person, you know how contagious that hope can be. And don't we need a little more hope right now? Jesus was rejected, tortured, killed, buried, and he still came back. He still ascended to, to the right hand of God the Father. And that resurrection promise is yours through Jesus as well, regardless of what happens to you here. So God has chosen you. He has put you in this time. He has put you in this place. Nothing is, is, is surprising God right now. God, God believes you are the right person to be right where you are. And so if something bad were to happen to you now, like let's say you die here, that's literally the worst that can happen to you. But because of the resurrection, you still live. Because of the resurrection, the best is yet to come. Now, this is an old saying, but it's true. Without Jesus, this is the only heaven you will experience. But with Jesus, this is the only hell you experience. And it only gets better. Now, I don't know about you, but that gives me incredible hope that there are better days ahead. We hope because we are headed into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. You see, the trophy is, it's already in the case. Your crown awaits you. You just can't wear it quite yet. Your prize is kept in heaven for you because of the resurrection. Because the victory is already yours. The outcome's been determined and you can't lose. So you get out there and you play your heart out. And when you get pulled, you go receive your prize. The best is yet to come. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter talks about faith because your faith matters. You, who through faith are shielded by God's power. God guards through faith. Faith, like prayer, is a means that God chooses to do his work. Your faith matters. What an intro. I am so excited about this sermon series because we need this. But here's the question. What, what does any of this mean? How does this matter to you and me during a pandemic and civil unrest right now? What are the real world implications of any of this? Look, You've been chosen. You've been sent according to the foreknowledge of God the Father because God must think you're up to the challenge. God has placed you right here, right now, to be a blessing in the year 2020. You, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, you are obedient to Jesus Christ. And as such, you are doing God's work because God believes you're up to the challenge. So here's what this means. There's no such thing as a passive Christian who isn't one way or another part of the solution. You are here to be a light in a dark world. You have been put here to be a blessing. You have been put here to be a healer, a hope imparter, optimistic about the future. The best is yet to come disciple right here, right now. This happens through the work of the Spirit in us. 
in you. And the term for this is sanctification. It is the act of becoming holy. It's where we partner with the Holy Spirit and we surrender and say, do your work in me. Now, this allows us to be obedient to Jesus Christ. And friends, this is the difference maker between the church and the rest of the world. So know that you are right where you're supposed to be. God believes that through the Spirit, you have what it takes to be a blessing right here, right now. Your obedience to Jesus Christ matters. This world needs you to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Your hope matters. Your faith matters. Did you know that what you're doing right now is a faith exercise listening to this sermon, being a part of this service wherever you are? Did you know that that's a faith exercise? That what you're doing right now, that listening to this sermon is a means for God to increase your faith so that God will guard you through his faith? Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Jesus Christ. So thank you for tuning in today. We need this. Good job. Friends, God thinks you're up to the challenge. What this world needs are people full of hope, people who know that the best is yet to come, people who choose blessing over hopelessness, not according to our power, but him who lives among us who lives in us, who is restoring us. Let's join together now in a word of prayer. Lord, that you have chosen us to be here right now. It's kind of amazing. But God, here we are. You've chosen us. You've scattered us. You've sent us, God, to be a blessing. And so, Lord, may today be a reminder that you know what you're doing. That God, through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in us, we are obedient to Jesus Christ. And so God, help us. Lord, I will admit that there are times when I do feel hopeless, God, but Lord, you, 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 your grace is sufficient. And so God, I, I lean on your promises. God, I trust that you know what you're doing. And so, Lord, would you strengthen your church? Would you help your church to be what this nation, what this world needs? God, we choose blessing over hopelessness. We choose that today, Lord. We claim that through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. You are good. We love you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, if, if you're watching this, and, and you have not yet said yes to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to make that decision today. Don't wait. In order to do that, what you simply do is you simply say something like this, Jesus, I surrender to you. I give you my life. Come into my life and make me new. And if you've prayed something like that, welcome home. You got to keep turning in. You got to keep tuning in because we're not designed to do this alone. So the invitation is extended to you to be a part of this church family. For the rest of us, Lord, may today be a day of recalibration. Thank you, friends. I'm excited for this sermon series, and I urge you today to choose blessing over hopelessness.
Thank you again for listening to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and then head on over to lakewoodgrace.com slash connect where you'll find a link to contact us or you can fill out a communication card. Have a wonderful week. God bless.